Welcome to the Ask the Experts podcast. Here's Karen Bhatia. I am Karen Bhatia speaking to Johnny Rice, who of course was successful last weekend in the rematch against Michael Coffey. Johnny, how are you doing, my friend? Oh, I'm doing excellent. Like I said, I just, I feel extremely relieved. It was a very tough fight. And let's talk about this last year that you've had. It's been a great year for you against Michael Coffey. The first fight was in July, and uh, Coffey was undefeated. He was supposed to take on Gerald Washington. Gerald Washington had COVID. Um, when did you get the call the first time around uh, to take on Michael Coffey, and what, what were your thoughts when you got that call? Uh, I really got the call uh, about uh, four days before the, uh, the the actual fight, you know. But I was already in the gym training. I was already kind of aware that I could be the uh, an alternate. Just in, just in case one of those guys did end up getting, you know, COVID, which I was hoping no one did. You know, I want I want the best and health and well for everybody. So I was just in the gym regularly like I always would be or try my best to be. So, hey, if I had to fight, I was ready to fight. And you took that opportunity. You dominated. They, they, they were comparing you to Buster Douglas in there that first fight. Um what did you feel like in that fight? I'm sure you embraced that underdog mentality going up against an undefeated opponent at the time. I mean, you, you have to always embrace where you are, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I knew I was an underdog. I knew that, you know, no one had me winning. Even Vegas had me 10-1 to 1 underdog. But, you know, you don't see what's behind the scenes, you know what I mean? So uh, I had lost to FBM Joplin, so rightly so. It was cool to count me out, but I had went to Miami, Trained with Philip Hergovic, you know, came back to Vegas, refreshed, you know what I mean? So I'm like, hey, you know, we ain't holding back no more. It's sink or swim. I'm going to fight my behind off, you know what I mean, no matter what. So that's the mentality I went into the ring with. And you certainly did that on that night in July. You shocked the heavyweight division. Uh, you beat Michael Coffey, who, as we said, had never lost before. You knocked him out. It was a stoppage win in the fifth round. Um, so the rematch was in on January 1st, last weekend. And uh, we were looking at, when you weighed in for the first fight, 268 and a half pounds. Fight two, 283 and three quarters. So what happened there with the weight between fight one and two? Woo! Uh, let me tell you. Okay, so I, I started training harder. Uh, I ran harder. Uh, I, I did lift more weights. You know what I mean? Uh, I can honestly say that Christmas... And Thanksgiving, I might have ate a little too much, but not, you know, not sloppy, but I might have ate a little too much. And I didn't make up for that by, you know, got to work extra hard to drop your weight back down. But I, I promise you, I did do all of my training, like the cardio, the weightlifting. I'm a lot stronger. So I did gain some muscle, but that 15 pounds definitely did hinder me. I would never allow that to happen. I don't care what's going on. And uh, I can, yeah, I can say that, you know, I'm relieved because I could have easily lost because of that 15 pounds because I felt it very early. And and that can certainly happen. I think it happens to all of us during the holidays, right? Uh, spending time with family and, uh, and and having some big meals and things like that. So I appreciate your honesty on that. Was it a situation, because we've seen this other times, especially like in the heavyweight division, someone has a big upset. Like Andy Ruiz comes to mind, right? When he first beat Joshua. And then he got a lot of attention. Uh, he was partying more, celebrating more. And he, and he kind of wasn't training as hard for the rematch. Was it was that part of it too? Like you you had overcome coffee once. Were, did you take your foot off the gas a little bit in terms of training? 
Uh, well, I can honestly say that mentally is a big mentally is a big part of training too. You know, so I didn't take my foot off the gas when it came to the physical aspect. You know, I got great coaches around me that you know that saw where I was. You know, uh, coming up short and, and especially in sparring, so they pushed me more in sparring. They did push me more in my running. Mentally, though, you know, even though you're 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 there doing the training, you can get overconfident. Uh, you you might not push yourself as much. You, you, you kind of feel like, hey, I got this. You know, but again, had great coaches that, you know, even though I felt like I had them, it just made me spar even more. You know what I mean? Or they made me do a little bit extra to kind of make up for for uh, how I was kind of feeling mentally, like, you know, a little overconfidence. You said, if you're overconfident, then do a little bit more. Than, and, I'm, and I'm grateful for that. And you, uh, before J- Michael Coffey, you took on Dempsey McKean, who's a, who's a top heavyweight from Australia, rising. F.A. Ajagba, who at the time was undefeated. Um, so this was this was a big moment because you beat Coffey, you shocked everyone, but now the rematch, I'm sure in your mind, you wanted to say, hey, this wasn't a fluke. This wasn't just Michael Coffey having an off night. This was Johnny Rice doing what he wanted to do in there. So how important was it for you to have a good performance in this rematch and show that the first time wasn't a fluke? Oh, it was extremely important. You know what I mean? I didn't want to just go back to being that underdog guy. I didn't want to just go back to just being a person called in to to with no expectations. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I was not going to allow myself to do that. You know, every time you step into that ring, you got to step in there to prove yourself. You know, you got to step in there to show your growth. I mean, no one's perfect, but you got to show that you've been growing. You got to show you, yourself that you've been dedicating yourself and prove yourself to, to the people that come to, to watch you and give you their time to watch you. And so I was disappointed in myself because I should have did a lot better. I'm just relieved that I won. You know what I mean? And so it, it's always important because it, it would have been devastating if I had lost. And, and you, you certainly won the fight, 97-93 on two scorecards, 99-91 on another unanimous decision. But it was different than the first fight. The first fight was wire-to-wire domination. This time around, it seemed like Michael Coffey was a little bit more hesitant to engage. Um, he was having moments. You were having moments. You did definitively win the fight. How did it feel for you being in there during that fight? First thing I noticed was, man, he got better. <laughs> I, I was... It was a few times I was like, yo, I'm in trouble. I'm like, I'm in trouble. And I just, you know, just try to keep myself calm. Like, all right, look, you know, just stay calm. Keep keep staying fundamental, you know, working a jab, working a jab, moving your head. Just stay fundamental. I'm like, man, this dude is stronger than the first time. He is moving his head. You know, it's like, that's what I mean by overconfident, right? How could you come back into a fight just expecting to beat the man again like that? It's like, the moment I threw a jab and he just slipped, I said, when did he learn how to do that? <laughs> I'm like, that's delusional. You know, it's like, yo, of course he got better. You know what I mean? So it, it was, like I said, it's just relief because in there it was just, man, a few times I was like, yo, this ain't going good at all. You know what I mean? But you just got to keep fighting. And, and you certainly, you you certainly did that. You did keep fighting, um, even though he had moments. You didn't you didn't give up. And and after the fight, I noticed you mentioned something your mom told you after she said endurance, right? And obviously that was the key. So what's the backstory there about what your mom spoke spoke to you about, and how did that motivate you in the ring? Well, you know, uh, she really did. You know, she kept calling me. She don't really call me that much all the time. She kept calling me and texting me, and you know, seeing how I was doing. I'm just like, you know. Because in my head, I'm like, I'm going to get him out in, like, round four. 
You know, so I'm thinking like, oh, this is easy, round four for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like I did all my conditioning. Okay, I did that. I'm like, even more round four. That's how I was going. But then when she told me to test your endurance, it just it just stayed in my head. Like I still didn't see the fight going all tip, but every time I felt like I wanted to, you know, be like, oh man, like this ain't going good. I just kept remembering this is testing your endurance, just keep fighting, keep enduring, keep going. So that's really it really played a major part mentally for me. And and the fact that it was a closer fight this time around, do you attribute that to, like you said, Coffee maybe got better or, you know, that was his first loss. He's a former Marine. He's a tough guy. So you knew that he was going to bring everything he could into this rematch. This was, you know, almost the journey of his career would be possibly defined by this rematch. So it was a big deal for him, just like it was a big deal for you. Do you, do you think it's a closer fight because of what he did? Or also, would you say because of the weight as well? Um, or was it just all of those factors together? Oh, definitely. All of those factors together. Uh, major part was him getting better. I mean, it was like, it was, he got better, like, like it was drastically apparent for me standing in front of him. He he definitely got stronger, he got faster, and he was a lot more fundamental, you know what I mean? So uh, I saw that, then the weight was there, so I couldn't really, you know, do what I needed to do to, to you know, to level off his, his uh, you know, rise of, you know what I'm saying, expertise that night. You know, I couldn't really do that because of the weight. So that was a big factor. But, you know what I'm saying, thank goodness, like I said, I had my coaching staff put me through a lot more rigorous sparring. Had about three or four or five sparring partners, uh, Hasim Rockman Jr. included, you know, who really helped me out a whole lot. So we were ready for that. But it was it was definitely, definitely him getting better that really had me a little extremely actually worried. You mentioned uh, Philip Hergovich. That's another great person to uh, to spar with and train with. Uh, he's become the new boogeyman in the heavyweight division. Um, right so with, ev- with everything that that happened in that fight in that rematch, go we go to the scorecards. And when you heard your name, unanimous decision victory. What, what was going through your mind? Oh, I was just excited. I was excited and relieved because you know you never know what the judges are or, or, or how the judges see things. You know what I mean? And again, I I wanted to to knock my coffee out. I really did, but the dude just wouldn't go down. I learned my lesson the first time and, and I almost gassed out trying to knock him out. And I said, yo, he, he didn't go down the first time. The referee had to save him from himself because he's not going down. He's a, he's a pure warrior. So I was not going in for the kill. I couldn't do that. So I had to leave it in the judge's hands, which is something no fighter wants to do. But thank God that, you know, I won the fight. And um, like you said, decisively, so I'm happy. Certainly, the first fight, uh, he looked at the ref, said, I'm okay, and then the ref eventually ended up stopping it. Um, so you knew that you were in for a long night, and, and you did come out successful, your hand raised. So obviously now the question is, what's next? And and before I asked you about what's next in boxing, let's talk about you on a personal level. I know you said you want to ha- you want to give your mom a grandkid. That's, that's part of what you want to do this year. So what's next for you on a personal level? On a personal level, you know, I'm just going to continue to to make myself better. I don't have anyone right now, you know, you know what I'm saying? But you know how these things go. Every day is a new day. You know what I mean? I could be honest, you know, I kind of had this little, you know, this little concept in my head. You know, my birthday is, you know, 2-22, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, uh, this year is 2022. I'm like, I should have my first kid in 2022. Because my birthday is two, 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 you know, so that's kind of what I'm going on. (laughs) 
Well, we'll, we'll see if that comes together. And then in terms of you, you've been in this game for a while. You, you've had some wins. You've had some losses. You've also had to work other jobs, right? It, now, are you able to just focus just on boxing full-time after these two big wins? Yes, I'm focused on boxing full-time. The, the very next step I'm going to do is, is hire a conditioning coach yeah. to help me take it to that next level. I have great boxing coaches, but I need a conditioning coach. So I am very excited about the opportunity. I'm very happy to dedicate myself to boxing. Full on. Do whatever it takes to be world champion. You mentioned that even during this interim period when you had to have another job, you would spend a lot of the time watching YouTube videos, scouting, right? Looking, researching, looking for opponents. So now are you going to take that energy and, and do that full time? And you, you don't have to do that at your job anymore. You can do that just on a daily basis. Exactly. So what we're going to do definitely is increase the, the dedication. Okay. I was already dedicated, right? Did what I had to do. Now I'm in a position now where I can just get to boxing full time and just focus on my passion. So now I have an obligation and a duty to show the gratitude of, of where I've where I've become to come in the ring, ready to show my all, ready to give my all every time because there's no excuse now. There are no anything holding me back from doing that extra training to drop the extra weight. There's nothing holding me back from being my best every time I step into that boxing ring. And that's what I'm going to dedicate myself to doing and proving that I will be world champion. And, and we've seen you, uh, as we said, in, in some big fights before, some wins, some losses. Um, but now you're all steam ahead in the heavyweight division. So wh who is a fighter that, that you have on your list? Who, who would you like to face next? I mean, you know, I, I've never been the type to want to face anybody next. You know, I just know that it's going to be a hard fight, whoever it is. It's going to have to be, you know, somebody at the top to prove myself. Or it may not be so at the top, but they're looking to prove themselves. So I got to be looking to prove myself. So my job right now is just, you know, I'm, I'm watching, obviously, the, the top dogs, the top guys. I am studying them. I'm watching their fights. You know what I mean? I'm singing their praises. But at the same time, I'm doing my best to, 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 to do what I think I need to do to beat them if I ever face them. Because I'm not stepping in that ring unless I'm confident that I'm going to win. Sure, I want a ton of money. 100%. But I'm coming to win because winning feels way better than that money any day. And and realistically, uh, with everything that, that you've gone through in your career and at this point now, what do you hope to achieve? What what are your goals uh, in the sport of boxing at this point moving forward? At this point moving forward, I plan to become world champion. Okay, I know I'm going to be the underdog. I've been the underdog. Hell, you guys compared me to Buster Douglas. He was 42 to 1 underdog. Hell, I was just 10 to 1. You feel me? So it can be done with, with complete dedication and focus and, again, surrounding yourself with the right people. Remember, I've been in this boxing game for a long time. I do believe that I, I, I have the intellect to put myself around the right people to be successful. And so that's what I have to do. And now, like I said, I am in, I'm in a position to just focus on boxing. If I want to go to the Bay Area and train with Tony Yoka, I can. If I want to go back down to Miami and, and, and beg Phil Hurt to let me train with him, I can. If I want to go to London and work with Joe Joyce or anybody like that, I can because I have the capital to do that. And I'm going to use it efficiently to make sure I put myself in a position to become world champion. No matter how many beaters I got to take as far, no matter how hard I got to work, 
that's what I plan to do. You were the underdog and you had success. People were counting you out and you proved them wrong. I'm just wondering if you have any words of encouragement to people who might be listening to this, who may be underdogs in their own journeys, in their own way, in other parts of life and what was able to work for you and how you were able to be successful and things that people could take for their own journeys. Well, the biggest thing you need to do is always keep an open mind. You know what I mean? And, and when you keep that open mind, meaning you do hear people that criticize you, you also want to hear people that uplift you. You know, you keep that open mind, you take the good, you leave the bad, okay? You also have to be honest with yourself and, and, and you do constant self-evaluation. So if someone tells me, hey, you're the underdog for this fight, you want to say, hey, I already know that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's almost like there's really nothing you can tell me that I don't already know. So I'm always trying to prove myself to myself and I also prove myself to you because I'm focused on me right now. I'm focused on becoming a better me. So if you say something that helps me, guess what? I'm going to listen to it. If you say something that I feel like goes against what I'm trying to do, I'm going to discard it. You know what I mean? So you got to protect. You got to protect yourself. You got to, you know, you got to believe in yourself. And if you don't believe in yourself, that just means you need to work harder for you to even start to believe in yourself before you can get someone else to believe in yourself. Because a lot of times we say to ourselves, hey, I can't win because I didn't do this. I can't win because I didn't do that. Okay, so you go and you do those things. Then when you're doing those things, you start to feel like, hey, I can win. And I'm a strong believer in setting goals. Sometimes you're not going to be that good early. Like if I want to go run a mile in, in 10 minutes, first I got to run that mile in 20 minutes. You see what I'm saying? So I tell people like this, just try your best to be logical. Try your best to understand and set small goals and constantly grow. You're not that good yet, then grow to become better. And, and well said, and, and just to kind of close it out, I'm just curious about your perspective because looking at your story outside looking in, it would seem that 2020 was a tough year. Obviously the global pandemic that everyone dealt with, you were knocked out by Dempsey McKean in the, in the final round in March. Uh, you lost to FA Jogba in, in September. When you look back at that time, uh, and then you look at almost a year later and where you're at now, I mean, is it night and day? And, and, and how are you able to kind of overcome where you were at there to, to get to where you are now? Well, well, like I said, it's about self-evaluation. You know what I mean? I had to look at the fight. Hey, why did I lose to Dempsey McCain? Okay, it was very close. What was my weight? I was like 280-something. So I was a little overweight. You know what I mean? Uh, in the ring, did I do everything I could to possibly win? I feel like in the final stretch, I did not. I didn't listen to myself or I held back a little bit, okay? What happened with Effie and Jogba? Kind of in there, very freaking scared of his power. Kept fighting, kept trying my best to, you know, get past that fear because, you know, it's okay to have fear, but you got to have courage to move past that fear. So I'm battling that. You know, I'm definitely worried. I mean, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not unenlightened. I know this dude, it's like a, a truck. So, of course, I'm a lot more hesitant. But then after that fight, I'm like, yo, you're, you're losing these fights because you're too hesitant. So that's the self-evaluation. You're losing this fight because you're not just putting it all online, taking that risk. You know, you're in there, so let's fight. Let's see what happens. Sink or swim. So you take that concept and you apply it when you go in there with Michael Coffey. So remember, you're going to fail, but you don't have to keep failing. You know what I mean? You got to learn from your failure so you can grow and elevate. And so when I went and fought Michael Coffey, I'm like, look, 
We're not holding back. We're not being hesitant. We're going to sink or swim. We're going to leave it all in the rain and move on. And it just so happens that that mentality allowed me to be successful and win both times. That's certainly what happened. It was a great 2021 and, and now a start to 2022. Just to close it out, people listening to this, where can they where can they follow you? Where can they follow your journey and keep up with you on social media and elsewhere? You can follow me on Forever Johnny Rice Instagram, you know, Forever Johnny Rice, because I believe that we all got to be forever young and beautiful. You know what I mean? So Forever Johnny Rice on Instagram, Forever Johnny Rice on TikTok. Four, average Johnny Rice on Twitter with just the four, the number four, you know. I'm here. You can follow me anywhere, you know. And we're going to all get to the top. Do whatever it takes. Self-evaluation and growth. Johnny Rice, I want to thank you so much for the time. Congratulations again on your big rematch victory to start off the new year. Looking new forward year. to seeing what you do next, and, and thank you so much. Hey, we're going to be ready for the hardest fights, you know what I mean? I'm dedicated, fully training, no excuses. Thank you so much. And that brings us to the end. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you to my guests. If you want to follow us, uh, you can follow at A-T-E underscore podcast. That's on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow my personal channels, it's at C-U-R-R-A-N-B-H-A-T-I-A on Instagram and Twitter. That's at Karan Bhatia at, on Instagram and Twitter. Please subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com backslash Karan Bhatia. Uh, please check out uh, our show on iTunes. Hit subscribe. Give us a five-star review. If you want to email the show, it's asktheexpertspod at gmail.com. I am Karan Bhatia, and this was Ask the Experts. Thank you for listening to Ask the Experts with Curran Bhatia.